Okay, good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Aleph in Masechus Nadarim. Let's start on Mem Amud Beis, three lines up from the bottom, or three lines down from the top, the two dots. Uh, it's a small little area, and it says, Amar Rabbi Ami. We're starting to talk about uh, Agadita, guys. Today will be Agadita regarding uh, Cholim, sickness, um, the uh, Mishnah, Two days ago on Shabbos, and Lama Tess had discussed this idea. How do we get into sickness? Because Nadarim has to do with one person is no der hanaf from each other. And we discussed different things that that would encompass. Can two people, we'll see, uh, right? Can one person pay off another person's debt? Can two people, as we'll see later today, share a plate, right? What if one person is going to uh, eat more than the other, uh, share a bed, etc.? That'll be later, uh, today's Mishnah, if we get to it, God willing. Um, but one of the things we discussed on Daf Lamates was, can one be Mevakeh to the other? What are the two tzadim? Well, if a person, we already talked about it um, in the famous Dr. Julie Blumenfeld episode, where if a person's no der hanaf from the other, so let's say Barry can't have hanaf from Andrew, that means Barry can't go to Andrew's house, right? Today, these days in Baltimore, it's cold. Just walking to someone in Andrew's house, that house affords warmth and shelter, and now would be getting hanaf. So can he visit, right, a sick person in their house and get hanaf in their shelter? That's what's called drisas regel. And conversely, obviously, if uh, Barry is, visits a sick person and that sick person can't have hanaf from Barry, then in fact, the fact that Barry's getting hanaf from their house, that sick person is getting some measure of hanaf, as that Mishnah Lama test discussed. It depends where Barry is standing or sitting. Not for now, but that is the discussion there, and that's how we get into Bikr Cholim. So, Amarav, Ami Amarav, Mai Dixiv, Atav, and Adam, Gola, right? So, what does it mean when you say, and you, Ben Adam, make yourself uh, instruments for exile? Yechezkel was always called Ben Adam. So, what does it mean? What kind of instruments of exile? Zu Ner Ukara, you should have a lamp, a Ner. And a bowl, as we arrive in Mem'al from Dal, Vishatiach. You should have a mat. Those are the three. It's Lahavdil, um, it's Shades of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams. You should bring a blanket when you're traveling the galaxy. Or a towel, if I remember correctly. Anyway, it's nerdy to know about that. The point is that you should prepare. It's homiletics, Barry. You're supposed to prepare for Gullus. And there's certain things that you need to know that you're going to need. And actually, Rabbi Marwick spoke beautifully over Shabbos. He talks about Yaakov Avinu. You know, the, uh, this is from Moshe Feinstein's it's all as a vart, that it says, um, He left and he arrived in Charana. And then it says that he fell asleep and, and he had a dream. So the Gemara and Chulin actually says that Har Hamoriyah, which is where he was, you know, we're used to Kfitz Asaderech, right? Where, where, where the Gedolim, it happened to Avram, it happened to Yitzchak, where the, the land folded before him. But in the case of Yaakov, he already arrived at Haran, according to Gemara and Chulin, and then Har Hamoriyah came to him. So he said a few pshatim. One of them was this idea that um, wherever you go, when you go into Galus, if you go, right, with all the yeshivas, Shem Ve'ever, Right, the 14 years of the Torah, and you bring it, the Ruchnius with you, then Hashem brings Har HaMariah to you. Okay? Uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful idea. So this has reminded me of that, right? The idea that you have to bring the instruments, and obviously there's a lot of homiletics here, the nair and the bowl and the mat, 
the different things that you'll need for your learning, the bare necessities that you'll need to have Gashmias and Ruchnias in Galas. Anyways, the Choser call, related statements. So this was, it, it sounds like, Devarim Chavches, which says, this is like a curse, right? You have to, um, you have to be, uh, work your, your enemies, and then, right, so you're going to have enemies, and then you're going to be hungry, and you're going to be thirsty, and you'll be naked, you'll be lacking everything. So on top of no food and no clothing, you'll also lack everything. What is this that you're going to be lacking? Amar Vami Amarav, right? So this is, again, repeated because it's related, and it's Rav Ami Amarav. Right? You won't have the lamp and the table. Why is it not mentioned in the Shatiach? I don't know. But as you see, those are the very basics, right? The nair and the table. Why is it not mentioned the Shatiach and the bowl? I don't know, but the nair and the table, you need to have the shtender, the, like, like Rav Kav and, and KBY used to say, his Olam Haba is a shtender, kafe uh, v'sigalia v'bavakame. Anyways, you're not going to have the uh, basic necessities. Rahman uh, al this is the uh, curse. Uh, that would happen if you, if, if we, what? Uh, footnote six in the art scroll says the essential furnishings of a person's home. And why does it say, oh, so Barry's pointing out, why would it mention, why does it not mention the Shatiach? So he says, not, not a table, but a leather mat was beforehand. Why? Because there's certain things that you're going to be able to carry into Gullus and certain things that you're not. So when it talks about, thank you, Barry, when it talks about Eretz Yisrael and the curses of Eretz Yisrael, where you're gonna, what you're going to lack is the table because the table is something that you have in the home already, right? You, because after all, a table is, a, is not something that they let you on United or Elal as a carry-on. So when it talks about Eretz Yisrael, it's gonna be the table, says Barry. According to Pshat, and when it talks about Chutzlaretz and what you're going to need, the implements of exile, so it's things that you'd be able to take in your carry-on, like the mat, the bowl, and, and the lamp. So the lamp you can bring in both, but the curses that happen in Eretz Yisrael will have the table. Those curses that have in Chutzlaretz will have the bowl and, uh, will have the bowl and the mat. Thank you, Barry. And aside, there's also, I'm sure, more homiletics therein, but, uh, certainly here in Chutzlaretz, we need to have uh, the Torah more portable, whereas in Eretz Yisrael, um, it's more fixed. Okay. Of Chista Amar, below Isha, this whole thing, this curse of what you're not, what you're going to lack, is that it's, a, again, another homiletics that you'll endure a life of, of single, the single life. Of Sheshis Amar, below Shamash, without an assistant, Eliezer was an indispensable assistant to Avram Avinu. So that's a, that's a thing that uh, people should always have, you know, uh, partners, etc., and and uh, helpers. Rav Nachman Amar below Deya without understanding. And now we're going to go off on the whole idea of how important understanding is to life. Tana below Melech below Revav without salt and grease. Okay, which is to say, Barry, no taste. Right, everything will be bland. Amar Bayin Naktin and Ain Now back to the Deya thing. We have a tradition, right, that true Anius, right. Um, a person is really destitute without Dea. And now we have a song uh, come up. You ever hear that song? All right, doesn't matter. Here, this is where it comes from. Amre. 
In Eretz Yisrael, they said, Didabei, Kulabei, Delodabei, Mabei, Dakani. Okay, so what does it mean? It means if you have understanding, he has everything. If he doesn't have understanding, Delobabei, Mabei, what does he have? Which is another way of saying, if you can understand life and you have Seichel, then that's all you need. If you don't have that, what do you have? The kane. If you can acquire wisdom, machaser, then you lack nothing, right? It's rhetorical. The lo kane, makane. And if you did not acquire wisdom, then what have you required? What have you acquired at all? So yes, I know Barry will point out the art scroll note has uh, the explanation of the Eitz Yosef. Um, different types of people. Are you striving for das? Do you, do you have inborn natural das? Uh, let's just give ourselves a bracha that we should have some uh, natural inborn das and strive to acquire more and more das. Amen to that. Okay. So now, back to Cholim. Amar Rabbi Alexander, The only way to really get be healed from any sickness is if you are forgiven for all your avonos. Or avonechi harofe. Right. That's a pasuk from Tehillim, by the way. That if you forgive, he who forgives all of your sins, right, is going to be rofe called of your diseases. So a correlation, right? A clear correlation between disease healing and forgiveness of sins. Um, a different statement about that. You get to return to your youthful days. Rutafash bisaro minoar yashub lemealumav. That again, um, if you are, this is, this is again, when you recover, you not only recover, but you can be surprisingly fresh, right? This is from Eov. Recover, when, you re, when one is recovering from an illness, sometimes that actually brings him to a state where he's more youthful, right, than he had been before, it implies. Okay, the pasuk from Tehillim. Now, Kol Mishkavo Hafachta Bechalyo. Right, this is like the lasting effects of illness that you upset all his Mishkavo. What's his Mishkavo? It sounds like his linens, right? Somehow, Amar Yosef Lomar de Mishakach Limados. Sometimes an illness can forget, can cause somebody to forget it, their learning. Uh, learning is analogous to the the well made bed. Um, Okay, some versions don't have this particular, uh, this particular piece of the Gemara. Uh, this Gersa, but be that as it may, it is interesting to note, Barry, that Rabbi Yosef is the one that said this, because in fact, this happened to Rabbi Yosef. You will recall, because we learned Erevin, that there are instances, in fact, there are eight such instances, I believe, in Shas, which the Masorah Shas quotes, where Rabbi Yosef says, uh, is learning, and his Talmud Abaye, you might recall, said, uh, do you remember this? Yeah, and his Talmud Abaye says, uh, and, and they're learning together with his Talmud Abaye, and he says, oh, where, uh, I don't remember learning that. And Abaye says, you taught us that, Rebbe, right? Because there had been an incident where Yosef had gotten sick, forgot his learning, and Abaye retaught it to him. And this is the locus classicus. This is a source where we learn uh, this idea. This is, so in Erevin, our school is going to always quote this Gemara, and then elsewhere to, to, to remind us that this is, this is how it happened as follows. Says the Gemara, Yosef Chalash, Yosef himself, right? So the one who made the statement that you can learn, you can forget your learning when you get sick. Yosef, in fact, got sick. He forgot all his learning. That was a, 
si- uh, symptom of his sickness in the end, a side effect. And Ahadre Abaye Kameh, Abaye came back and reviewed Ahadre, right? He chazered everything with him. And that's why everywhere in Shas we say, and then we'll say, we'll say a certain context, right? And we'll say, Rabbi Yosef said, I've never heard of that. And Abaye says, No, you're the one that taught us that, Rabbi. And it was based on this, says Abaye to Rabbi Yosef, that you said it to us. Wow. So that, 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 that actually, right, uh, is in various places in Shas. So it's an interesting phrase, right? Aaron Gemara says, That's what it means when we say it everywhere in Shas. Okay. Uh, he's not the only one that had that happen to him. As follows, Kiyavagami Rebbe. Did you know this? Rebbe himself. Rebbe Huda Nasi, the author of the Mishnayis. Kiyavagami Rebbe, Tlasasre Ape Hilchasa. This is a fascinating Gemara over here. That when Rebbe had learned 13 different versions of the early mission, what's going on? Like this, apparently, Shivan Panim Latorah. I think the Maharsha is quoted here as describing why it says 13. I mean, that's what it was, apparently. 13. So why, why 13 here? And then, uh, and then, and then, Agamri Lerichia, Shivan Minon. And then, and then Rebbe had a Talmud Rebichia, and he learned seven. So yeah, the article quotes of the Marsha. Why is it the Rebbe had 13 versions and he only taught Rebbe seven of those versions? What is the homiletic uh, meaning behind this? But the point is like this, Barry. It's very fascinating. What happened was, they'll say it outside first and then, then we'll read it inside, that there were a lot of Tanaic teachings. And in those days, the style of yeshiva, so to speak, that you went to Right, we determine not only right today you'll have uh, young students they'll or at least I remember when I when I was uh, in my right uh, late teens early twenties it was all about derech halimud you have to go to maybe you go to Gush you have that derech halimud maybe you'll go to yeshivish place you'll have that derech halimud maybe you'll go to Rav Shechtoshir Rav Rosenzweigshir and if it's in YU right the different darchei limud or if you're Neri Sral or Tzvi versus okay so if you have the derech halimud that that. So in the, in the, that is changes your style of learning. So in the days of the Mishnayis, they had almost like, as it, as it indicates here, 13 different versions. It was the same Torah Shabbat Peh, but maybe with different emphasis, right, with different style. Maybe some were so more elaborate and verbose. Others perhaps, perhaps more succinct. Different styles and different versions. It became unwieldy. Right, because it almost felt felt like everybody was talking about the, something different, and there needed to be what we'll call a standardization. And so the Rebbe, Rebbe Yudah Nasi's compilation of the Mishnayis, right, which we already know the Torah Shabbat was supposed to be kept Shabbat, and the Chazal knew with their wisdom that in order to preserve the Torah Shabbat, they needed to standardize it so that there wouldn't be right some sort of um, contamination of it. And so Rebbe took these 13 main different streams of versions and he compiled it in what we call, right, the essential Mishnah of which we have the Gemara off of that. But that was the standardized, classic, mainstream version. But, and then everything else that wasn't included in it, those are the Bryce's, right? Those are the leftover unedited pieces that were left on the editing floor, as it were, right, that we compile and we say, well, how did that Mishnah you know, this one fell pretty far off the tree. Like, how did that price, what did that price mean? And now we know why a mission is more authoritative. But it's nice to understand what, 
the brisa is sort of like uh, a version of that fully edited collated Mishnah that kind of fell off the wagon and we're always curious, like how did that fit with the original Mishnah? How did that perspective fit in, right? But if it turns out it doesn't fit in, then maybe the Bryce said there's a reason why, you know, it wasn't included in the Mishnah, etc. So that's a fascinating, um, right, undercurrent of what's going on here. Be that as it may, amazingly, Rebbe, who com- compiled the uh, Mishnahis, himself forgot, right? He was kind of putting it together so that Klal Yisrael never forgets and that it stays... Uh, and that it stays throughout the generations, and then he himself had that experience. So what happened? He says the Gemara. Rabbi himself got sick. Ahada Rabbi Chia Kamei. Rabbi Chia reviewed the seven with him, but don't forget there were six that were left over. Anu Shiva paid the Agmare, right? He only had the seven that Rabbi had taught him. Shisa Azdu, but the other six slipped away. So Hava Hu Katsara, this should be like a novel or a movie made about this guy. It's the laundry man. Who's this laundry man? He's mentioned elsewhere in Shas. This guy would overhear everything that Rebbe said. Okay? And so he would hear Rebbe learning. When Rebbe learned, he learned with, uh, out, uh, verbally, right? Out loud. And so this laundryman was always outside overhearing him. And so he knew the other ones. Isn't that amazing? So he would listen to Rebbe when he would learn. And also Rebbe, amazingly, he knew all 13. So whereas Rabbi Chia was taught it by Rabbi and taught the seven, the laundry man who stuck around and listened outside the window, right? He heard all of it, all 13 streams of Rabbi. And so therefore he was able to teach Rabbi Chia. Also Rabbi Chia, yeah. So he taught Rabbi Chia the other six streams. And then, right, after Rabbi Chia taught the original seven back to Rabbi, the laundry man was able to teach Rabbi Chia, who then taught Rabbi, uh, who, who then taught Rebbe back the other six. Now, once he, once he compiled the Mishnah, it's why he needed to know the other 13 streams. I don't know, but I guess, you know, Torah, he loved on Yitzarek, right? We learned the Bryces also when we learned the Gemara, right? So that certainly somehow the interplay between the Mishnahis and the Bryces um, are, uh, are, are important as well. So be that as it may, Rebbe was very thankful. When Rebbe, and did Rebbe ever meet this eavesdropping laundry man? He did. He met him and he had a tremendous akar satov. He said to him, Right, just like we say by Avram Avinu, it's a nefesh asher asu b'charan, that when you teach somebody Torah, it's as if you've made them. So Rebbe had said to the laundryman, you made me in chia, or ikadami hachi right? That you saved us, right? You made, uh, you taught it to chia, and chia made it to me. It's a little bit more uh, precise as to what actually happened because laundryman never really did teach Rebbe directly, be that as it may, that was the gratitude that he had for this laundryman. Barry, I, I would uh, appreciate if you could write a novel about the backstory here, if you don't, okay? All right. Rabbi Rebbe Alexandria, Rebbe Bar Abba, recovering of a sick person, Gadol Nesha Nasilachola, Yosemina Nesha Nasilachanani Mishal Vazaria, right? Hanani Mishal Vazaria, last of the Anche Knesset Gadola, were famously thrown into a fiery furnace by Nebuchadnezzar. And were saved, much like, let's say, Avram Avinu in Nimrod's oven. But the uh, thing is that it's even greater to recover from ailment. Why? Yeah, because that's a fire. Barry, you can just go with a fire extinguisher and, and get him out. A fire is a physical thing that can be extinguished. However, 
but the fire of a fever of an illness is something that is min shamayim. Nobody can really say, oh, I have the extinguisher to that. So to recover from an ailment is more miraculous than to come out of a fiery furnace. Uh, this is a statement having to do with once a person's time has come, uh, it is, that person is so vulnerable that really anything could take it down. This is kind talking about. He's saying, now that you've taken away your protection, you've, you've banished me from the Garden of Eden, uh, anybody could kill me. And that's, uh, he's vulnerable. It was a statement of vulnerability, right? Okay, he doesn't like Kain as an example. Rav likes to use Tehillim when he's talking about Lemishpatecha, right? When you come to the day of judgment, everyone is going to, or they are going in the day of judgment, any one of the servants of Hashem, right? Meaning any of one of the elements can do his bidding to bring a person down. So let's illustrate that with a story. Rav Rashila Amrulay. Shachiv Gavra Gavoa. Once Rabbi Rashil heard that a tall person died the following way. Havarachiv Gir Dona Zutra. He's riding um, a small female mule and Matati Sura. And he reached the bridge. Okay. Now, uh, you have to see Ben Yehoyada. There's got to be, right, uh, an explanation to these Agadas. But be that as may, the small female mule, he's a tall man, he's crossing a bridge. And then. Once he was crossing, the mule went mad, threw him off her into the river, and he died. To him, uh, Rabbi Barshila applied the following Pasuk. Our Pasuk. You see? He's a tall guy. He's on a small mule, and bang. It takes a mule and a river. You put it all together, and you take down the big guy. Or a similar story. Shmuel Chazia. Shmuel saw the following thing. Who? Akrava Yesiva ala Karkrosa. Yeah. A scorpion. How often do you see this, Barry? A scorpion riding on a female frog. Okay? So the scorpion's taking a ride on a female frog across the river. Ravanara. And the female frog is, is amphibious, Barry. And it's taking the land-dwelling scorpion across the river as if it was a ferry. Tarka Gavramayas. Once it reaches, the scorpion takes this ferry ride on top, on the back of the frog to the other side of the river, finds a person, stings him, knocks him dead. You see, Barry? That's the same thing of the Pasuk. All the things that had to come together, uh, the unusual things, in order to conspire, right, to take this guy down. Okay, back to Bikr Cholim. Unless he has the kind of illness where he has fever. What do you mean? Why? Lafuke mai. Right, so who shouldn't you visit? Lafuke had the Tanya, Rabbi Yosef, in practice, Omer, Mishum, Rabbi Lezer, Ein Mavakar, and Lochal, and Me'ayim, Velochaya, Ein, Velomachushaya Rosh. Yeah. We saw this on Shabbos also, this idea two days ago of, we said that the Ein, 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 that it's one of the mitzvahs where we say that there's no shear to how much bikr cholim you could do. Well, okay, you could visit a lot of cholim, or maybe you could visit the same person a hundred times. But you know, not every sick person wants to be visited a hundred times a day. You know what I mean? So, so you know, you can you don't want to be like overly zealous and become a nudnik, right? And actually annoy the sick person. So you have to use your seichel, right? So, so this is what it means over here. Chalat just means he has a kind of fever where, like, you come and it, and, and the chola appreciates it. But a chola 
right? He's on, right? He's in the bathroom the whole time. Like he's not really interested in visitors. And so if he's not interested in visitors, maybe you shouldn't visit him, right? So that's what the Gemara is going to analyze and say. I can understand, right, a person who's having the intestinal issues, Mishum Kisufa, he's embarrassed. He really is not even going to be available. He's going to be on the toilet the whole time. He really doesn't want to see you. Why does, right, the Brisa explain that the people who have a eye ache or a headache, don't want to be visited. Mishum Rabbi Yehuda, the Gemara explains. Dama Rabbi Yehuda, Dibur Akash Le'ena Ma'ala Le'ishta, yeah. That, um, it's talking about the kind of headache, like uh, almost you could say like a migraine, right? That where speech is harmful to the eye and beneficial for fever. In other words, to say, when a person has uh, uh, this kind of migraine thing, right, or a terrible headache, it's difficult to... Right, because a sick person who is being visited is a, is a form of a host, right? You're like kind of hosting in a sense, right? Because people are coming to visit. And so they're not interested in that scenario. You want to just be left alone in a dark room and be, right, uh, left alone. Uh, but there's certain illnesses where people coming to visit uh, are, is, in fact, um, is, in fact, comforting. Okay. To which, uh, let's talk more about fevers. Amarava, hai ishta, right from the word ish, this fever. E lav de far vanka de malacha, right, de moisa. If it were not for the malacha de moisa, otherwise known as the malacha mavis, if it were not for the fact that he was doing the malacha mavis bidding, maale, it actually would be good as we turn to memal from base. In other words, fevers can be healthy. That's actually biologically true, Barry. That, right, when you have a fever, that's your body defending itself, right? So we talked about this a few weeks ago, about whether we want to take the flu shot. This is the, the season of the controversy. Forget about, or, or if you want to talk about anti-vaxxers. So let's talk, let's talk about the flu shot right now, because that's the topic over here. This is the anti-vax versus vax Gemara, <laughs> where you're talking about the flu shot. So I personally, when I take the flu shot, I get sick for two weeks, uh, and it's awful. I get the worst flu from the flu shot. So my doctor says that's a sign that I have a robust immune system. So I say, okay, so then me if I have a robust immune system, why do I need the flu shot? It doesn't really work that way. Doctors should encourage the shot, I'm told. But that's the discussion here, that a fever can be very healthy, right? It can be healthy, as the Gemara says in Memon Alpha and Bez, kizchizra ladikli, like a prickly foliage for the palm tree. It's nice. If you get a fever once every 30 days, you're like cleaning out your system, getting out all the toxins, whatever. It's like a, um, like a theriaca for the body, uh, Barry, in the sense that it's good. So Rav Nachum Yitzchak Amar, so to that, Rav Nachum Yitzchak Amar, lo hi velo teriyaka. Yeah, you know what? No, thank you. No, I, I'd rather not have the flu shot. I'd rather not have the fever or its, right, um, or its medicinal impact because... After all, it feels bad, right? The feverish once every 30 days. I'd rather just not, I'd rather forego, says Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak, our valedictorian of Mesechus Pesachim. Uh, Nachum Bar Yitzchak says, I'd rather forego the health benefits because after all, if that means getting sick every, every once a month, I'd, I'd prefer to just not get sick. Okay. So that's the, that's the balance here between the uh, flu shot and no flu shot. I'm going this is a certain cereal that is great for a cold or a fever or when you're sick. I always get confused. There's a feed a fever 
starve or cold. One of them you're supposed to eat, one of them you're not supposed to. That's like the wives' tale. I, I always forget, so I just go to Khumra and I eat both, both, both times, whether I have a fever or a cold. And so they're talking now about a cereal, a certain uh, thing that's good to eat, like a maple brown sugar hot cereal. My arson, what exactly is this food? Amar Yonasan. Chulsha desari ati kaso deresh nafia. Peeled segment of the barley corns at the beginning of the sifting process. It sounds like a delicious porridge. Amar bayi bayon bishula kein bisra desara. And you cook it so much, a slow cooking porridge is so cooked that it's like the way you cook tender uh, ox meat. Okay. Yosef Amar smide desari ati kaso deresh nafia. Fine flour barley corns taking at the beginning of the sifting process again. And Amar bayi bayon bishula kevisra desara. It looks like a copy paste here uh, where. But basically, it's chushla desari versus smir desari, the peeled segment, or is it the fine flour? Be that as it may, it's delicious porridge. Okay. Now another halacha. Amar Biyachanan, boredom ain mevakrim. Oh no 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 no! If somebody has the boredom, you don't want to visit that. Ain mazkir and shemo. Don't even mention it, right? So if someone has boredom, um, you say. You say, you say he doesn't, you don't say, oh, by the way, you shouldn't visit Yankel Shmerel, he's got boredom. You just say he has Yenem Machla, right? You don't even mention what it is. My time, why? It's boredom, Barry. It's like a pit of blood, ew, right? Blood's flowing. Right? That's what Abelazim says. Again, a bore of dam is a, such an awful affliction that we don't even talk of it. Okay, 12 lines down. Oh, so that's the last line of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, um, over there at the end of Lan Ches, this idea of the idea that whether a person is Modar Hana can in fact write be Mavakar Chola. And then we said at the end that you can Marpewa Nefesh, but not Haguf. What does exactly that mean? Right, we say when we say Mishabech Lacholim, Refuas Nefesh, Refuas Aguf. But now we're going to see that in this particular context in the Mishnah, Nefesh and Guf mean two different things. Because it says the Refuas Nefesh is okay, Refuas Mamon is not okay. We're going to see it right here. The, the Gemara is going to do us the favor of quoting the Mishnah again. Hechi Katani. How is the Mishnah taught? As following. Ilema, Refuas Nefesh Bechinam, Refuas Mamon Besachar. Right, so the, the Mishnah said Refuas Nefesh and Refuas Mamon. So if you're going to say that Rufus Nefesh is, is free, in Rufus Mon Bizchar, that's what it should have said. In other words, that's not what the Mishnah said. <clears throat> the Mishnah said, Rufus Nefesh, Rufus Aguf. So what does it mean? Right? Does it mean uh, Rufus that you pay for versus Rufus that's free? Well, then that's what it should have said, because by saying Rufus Nefesh, Rufus Aguf, it confused us. Actually, the, 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 the Mishnah said that this, that he's... Merapa refuas nefesh of a lower refuas mamon. So the question is, why use the word refuas nefesh? Right? If refuas nefesh means free, and refuas mamon means schar, then don't say refuas nefesh. Just say refuas mamon. Uh, I'm sorry, refuas chinam. Lesniachi, my pair bechinam of a lower That would have been the clearest way if that's what you're talking about. Elamai, no. The Gemara says, no. What the real Mishnah was saying is like this. Ela, refuas nefesh is gufo. Right, healing the nefesh is you actually, you're allowed to heal. Now, why are you allowed to heal? That's a mitzvah, lav lehenas nitnu. Because healing a person is a mitzvah. What mitzvah is healing a person? So some say, you will see it, it says it in Sanhedrin, it's a version of Hashava Saveda. Like a person lost their health and you're restoring their health. That's the mitzvah that a doctor does. Hashava Saveda, by the way, they can't take schar for that. You're not allowed to take money for that. Um, 
So, so that is one possibility, right? But there is definitely a Ben Adam Lechavero aspect of wanting to, of healing the sick, no question about it. Be that as it may, that you could do, because that's a mitzvah. However, for us, Mama Behemta, but to be a veterinarian, you can't do that. Right to fix somebody's dog is not necessarily a mitzvah. So I'm a Rav Zutra Bar Tzuvi. I'm a Rav Aval Omer Lo, but you could tell him some ploni yafala, some ploni rala. You may not be able to heal the dog directly, but you could give some veterinarian advice. You could say, oh, no, 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 don't give the dog chocolate. Give the dog right this other thing, uh, garlic. It'll be much better for it. You know, I never gave this guy a shout out. It's been almost three years. Mati, the cab driver in Israel, was one of our close friends. And he had a very, very sick dog. Nursed it back to health. I think it was like a massive Doberman pincher and uh, with garlic and with old Sephardic uh, methods. And that dog was very loyal to him indeed. Okay. Mishnah in the middle of the Malfun Bays. Five minutes and here we go. What other things can a person do, right, uh, with a person that he swore off any Hanaf from? They can bathe together in a large pool of a lobic tana, not in a small pool. We'll see the reason. Can they sleep in the same bed? This has to do with body heat being a form of hanav, one from the other, let's say in the cold, as we'll see. And that's why. Like in the summer, you can sleep in the same bed. But in the winter, where it's cold, you cannot sleep in the same bed because one is getting hanav from the other. Says the Mishnah. Okay, and the Mishnah continues. They could chill in the same bed. In other words, we're not concerned they're going to fall asleep and end up draped over each other and giving each other warmth. For And they could eat at the same table. We don't, we're not afraid one's going to eat the other's food. But you can't eat from the same bowl because maybe one will be benefiting for the other. Is Papa G's all you can eat. In other words, in Papa Gayo's all you can eat. So it's literally all you can eat. So it's not a zero-sum game. They're just going to keep bringing it out indefinitely. That's what a Tam Koy Choser is. Once they're bringing it out indefinitely, you don't have to worry that you're eating, right, that you're eating more of the asado than the person next to you is actually going to take away from them or, or vice versa because, after all, everyone's getting unlimited. So it says the Gemara, Tanya. Lo bati mita ben gudol ben viktana Ramayor said, don't, shower, don't bathe together or sleep in the same bed. It doesn't matter how big or small the bed is. But Ramayor says, wait a minute. If it's summer, then forget it. You're not going to get any, even in a small bed, it doesn't matter because you don't, you, warmth is not what you're looking for and you're definitely not getting hana. So that should be fine. And in the winter, if it's a very big bed, so one's on one side, one's on the other, you're not getting any, any warmth. So you said, that should be okay. Even if you're not there enough from each other, you could share a big, giant old bed, even in the winter. And furthermore, he said, And furthermore, if it's a, even if it's a summer, let's say, and you're bathing in one big old, giant Olympic pool, well, what's the problem? There's no hana there. And if you go into a schwitz, so then you can even go into a small schwitz together. Because why? Because the body heat isn't contributing anything. All the heat is coming from the schwitz. And therefore there's no hanal issue there. And therefore that is allowed. Okay. And then we said, We said you could share a bed and you could eat at the same table, but not But you could eat together. He's explaining what means. It means that the, it, where, who's it returning it's returning to the Balbais. In other words, no matter what you do, Papagayos is going to take it back, the leftovers, because there's always going to be leftovers. We have tried. 
I don't want to get it. Uh, when I go to Israel, so usually I go with my Rebbe, Rebbe Safer, and with Yisachar Chaim Glanz, my Chavrusa, and sometimes with, uh, with Ellie, and we go to Papagayo's All You Can Eat, or whatever that place is. And, and they order all you can eat. That's like our minhag when I go visit. And so we try, they try to stuff you with bed, bread and salads, Barry. You gotta know what you're doing. You don't touch that stuff. Because you're after the meat and the, and, the, and the asado, you understand? They don't, they don't let you dupe you, they try to stuff you. But no matter how they do it, they always beat you in the end. You see guys sweating through their shirts in that place, yeshiva guys. Anyway, the mission on the bottom of Mem Alephon Beis. Yeah, the avus is limited. That's like what the... Um, like the trough, so to speak. That's where all the workers eat out of. That is a limited. So that you can't do because that's a zero-sum game. One person eats it, the other person loses. And you should never go to Uman. No, I'm just kidding. It says you shouldn't work together with him in a vineyard, right? Because in the vineyard, if one person is loosening the dirt, then, he, then you're getting enough from him. In other words, when everyone's digging ditches together, Barry, you don't know, right? You don't want to dig next to the guy because you're moda han, that you're moda hanatu, because you might help him out. Yeah, you could be in the same uh, ditch digging crew. Just make sure you're not in the same spot, and therefore you won't have enough from each other. Says the Gemara. That when you're digging together close in proximity, of course it's aser. But there's a machlokas if you're not close to each other. Meir savar gazrin rochak mishum karav. The Kamerapi says, yeah, don't do it even from far because maybe you're going to end up um, going in some sort of assembly line and loosening the earth for the other person. And the run say, we're not concerned about that. If it's Rachok, it's going to be okay. We'll resume Bezat Hashem in the Mishnah on top of Membez tomorrow.